0: Hi, and welcome to the Consulting Insights Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by CI Global Asset Management's Advisor Consulting Team. And today's discussion is being hosted specifically by the Practice Management Team. We're here to discuss a topic that is specific to every advisor in Canada, women and wealth. It's not a new topic, but here at CI Global Asset Management, we don't feel like we can put it to rest until the advice gap has been closed. I'm Ryan Becker, Director of Advisor Engagement with the Practice Management Team. Today, we're planning to cover a few areas. First of all, sharing insights and perspectives of of this topic uh, that we've gathered in our travels. We're going to discuss our women and money suite of content that was recently updated. And finally, we're going to dive into opportunities for advisors to choose to engage differently to grow their businesses. For the conversation, I'm joined by two members of our practice management team. So again, Alice Ambrosi, our VP of practice management is here. Hey, Alice.
1: Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us. And uh, as well, we are joined today for the first time by Anne Manson. Now, Anne Manson is a VP of Practice Management, and I'll give a quick bio for her. Um, she has over 25 years of experience in both the investment and insurance industries. She has led national advisor education programs. She's seen hundreds of practices across Canada and shares the best ideas to help advisors enhance their businesses and skills. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us, Anne.
2: Thanks so much, Ryan. Glad to be here.
0: That's excellent, excellent. Um, So I wanted to um, welcome you both to this this podcast, Um, and I wanted to to really jump into the topic with with this quote, Uh, and it's from the Boston Consulting Group, Um, and it talks about, well, actually, let me read it for you. So it says, research shows that wealth managers can turn their approach around recognizing that women's segment is not a marketing opportunity, but a massive business opportunity. And by personalizing their approach to meet the specific needs and priorities of individual clients, regardless of gender, they can make the twenties a defining decade for women and wealth. And I think this creates a phenomenal starting point for our conversation. And, and I'm going to start with you because I'd love to hear your insights uh, and opportunities that you might want to highlight for advisors to choose to engage differently with their female clients.
2: Uh, well, th- thanks, Ryan. And, and first of all, I want to say this is my first and my last uh, podcast for CI and uh, because I'm actually hanging up my shingle um, oh. and I'm looking towards a kind of new adventure.
0: Oh, it, it, congrats, Anne. That's awesome. Um, do you mind me asking what your retirement plans are?
2: Not at all. Um Well, the original plan was actually I was going to walk the Camino and then spend a couple of months in Spain. Um, But because of COVID, uh, you know, that's all got pushed sort of on the back burner. So now I'm probably going to be going through my reading list and drinking martinis on my deck and uh, relaxing until I can travel safely. So so I, I, I want to say thank you so much for including me, even though I'm kind of at this point in my career.
0: Well, absolutely. I, um, I couldn't think of a, a better send off. Um, and I appreciate you carving out some time for us to to jump on the podcast. And uh, hopefully I can send you a couple book recommendations um, for, for your time in between um, when you get an opportunity to go traveling.
2: Awesome! Awesome.
0: Well, what, why don't we go uh, and and back to the the opportunities uh, for the topic that we're discussing, and in just any insights from opportunities that you'd like to highlight for advisors on how to potentially you know, choose to engage differently.
2: Sure, I, I I'm very passionate about this topic as I know Alice is. And I'm passionate about it because I really do believe that this is the time when advisors uh, need to be thinking about how they're engaging with, with women clients. This is a big business opportunity. And a lot of the advisors that I've worked with have already recognized this. They, yeah. they realize they need to reposition their business. They're really using what I would call a, a gender intelligent approach and, uh, in the way they're running their business. Now, what I mean by that is they're really focusing on understanding what is it that women clients worry about, uh, what do they need to know to be in a better place financially for their future, and then how do they want to be treated by their advisor? Hmm.
0: What you said around repositioning their practices with that gender intelligent approach, I think that that's a phenomenal framing um to to how to move forward and how to choose to engage differently and um I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you because you know 25 years of experience talking to thousands of advisors and, and industry professionals um how how have you seen the evolution of women and money take place over the years?
2: Well Uh, We've made progress, but maybe it's not ideally where I would have liked it to have been. And um, I I would say that we've moved from a place of perhaps no awareness or no recognition about how differently women view financial matters to uh, the realization that women actually are forced to be reckoned with. Uh, and as an industry we need to understand what they're looking for and and i think it's it this is time for for us to do this because we know that by 2026 women will control close to half of all the accumulated wealth in canada that's a Mm -hmm. lot of money
0: absolutely and
2: and we know also as an industry that that we need to adapt to that reality and i i one of the things that has bothered me is I, I feel there is a risk to, to the industry and to advisors if we refuse to change and we continue uh, to treat investors like one gender, hmm. male. I,
0: that's um, phenomenal points. And you know, I, I think from our perspective in the industry, we so often stress test our portfolios and our products, but we don't stress test our relationships And I think that that's a potential takeaway exercise is have you done enough to become a meaningful partner to both spouses? And I think that that's an excellent exercise to conduct on your book of business and thinking through that question. So when you look at a relationship with with your clients is thinking with that question in mind and and Alice, I'd love you to to jump in and hear your perspective on this as well.
1: Yeah, thanks. And, and I think to further both of your points, one of the things that a lot of advisors struggle with is that that they have those key female relationships. Every male advisor that I've worked with has a handful of women in their practice that they have a very strong, positive relationship with. And so therefore they struggle with what they could be doing further because they, they kind of Their perspective stops at that list. And I think what they can be doing is really looking at the clients that they're not talking to often, the clients where they work uh, primarily with the male partner, and then from there start asking for advice. You can ask the females in your business, whether it's your associates, whether it's your assistants, whether it's your branch manager, whether it's your... Um, whether it's your female advisor or colleagues, you can ask your female clients and say, hey, what can I be doing better? I'm, I'm trying to ensure that I am servicing all of my clients properly. How can I be working with you more closely? It really does take time and effort to cover all the bases, but it will be well worth it over time.
0: Mm, so, I, I love that. And you know, I, I've been in the industry for 13-ish years and, or more, um, and it, it's one of the conversations that continues to come up is how to address the, the gap of, you know, the level of service in our relationships. So is the answer that we need more female advisors? Is, is that the, the way to move forward, Alice?
1: Well, yes and no. Okay. I think that answer, that question really has two answers. What we know is that in a really powerful survey that was done, 97% of female Canadian investors said that they do not have a gender preference. Sorry, it's 93% do not have a gender preference when it comes to working with um, uh, investment advisors. So they will take either or. So that's great news because we already know that there's uh, a lot of really, really highly successful male advisors out there that are committed to this. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do think that in order for us to, as Anne said, increase our awareness and truly service the female segment more, I think our industry as a whole needs more gender diversity and and really more diversity in in general, because the more we are surrounded by different perspectives and different types of businesses and different types of approach, the more easily it will be for us to make those changes and see those gaps and and address them effectively. So I think there really does have to be both. Um, But the good news is that both are very achievable. Okay, So
0: I think that that is a perfect segue, um, and a perfect segue to something else I wanted to discuss. And, 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 you've researched and built out a number of our presentations and tools. Um, what are some of the, the common areas that we can incorporate into our approach when it comes to female clients?
2: Well, you know, Ryan, one of the things I've been saying probably for the last five years is that women are not a niche market. And I know Alice uh, would agree with me on that. Yeah, <laughs> Very <yeah>. much so. <laughs> We're, we're a collection of micro segments, and, and we have very different needs and priorities that, uh, you know, to assume that all women have the same challenges is, is really way off base. We don't. We simply don't. Um, the 50 something career woman who's the primary breadwinner uh, has very different needs to the uh, entrepreneur who's got, uh, you know, three kids under 12. Um. You need to get to know as an advisor, what I always say is you need to get to know her personal situation really, really well, because that will drive her personal situation will drive her investment decisions. And and as an advisor, if you're using a goals based approach and you're doing planning, that's right up her alley. She likes that kind of approach from her advisor.
1: And just to add to that, because that's such a great point, Anne, is that Because women are more goals-based than men, they actually tend to be better clients to advisors because they don't focus on the short-term market volatility nearly as much as men do, who are more uh, returns-based investors. So that allows that advisors and investors alike to create that financial plan, set that goal, focus on that goal. And then when we experience market volatility like we did last March, All you have to do is pick up the phone and say, hey, I know there's a lot of noise out there, but the good news is, is that we're still way above plan, you're going to hit your goals and then some and I'm really looking forward to working with you on that. And that is all she needs to hear.
2: Oh, and one bonus point for the advisors listening, women will refer three to one so women will refer three times as many um, clients As men will. So that's a huge bonus for adding more women into your practice as clients. Mm
0: absolutely I'll take that three to one all the, all the time um, and I you know as, as I hear both of you sharing those perspectives I think through the lens of, of my world and I've got two kids that are under six in our house and they are constantly asking the same questions that are you know why 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 and they always are, just have this innate curiosity so I, I think through that is just all of our relationships and conversations is, is attacking it through that lens of curiosity and asking more and learning more and trying to understand what the those true intentions are, I think that that is a um, a great way. Who, whoever is sitting across from you on the table to um, to to look to increase your engagement with clients. Um, one of the things I mentioned off the top was that we have revamped our shelf. And I shouldn't say we, I should say um, Anne has revamped our our women and wealth offering and content. Um and I would love to just hear you explain w- what new content we now have on the shelf with the team, Ann.
2: Oh, love to, love to. Um, we began developing sort of our, our suite of uh women and wealth offerings in 2014, and we updated them in the last month. Mm-hmm. two programs I am really, really proud of, and I know that Alice is going to carry the torch going forward. First one is our advisor-facing webinar. It's called She Means Business, and the primary focus of, of this webinar is helping advisors to build and retain relationships with women clients and, and build what I will call a female-friendly practice. Uh, this can be delivered uh, in your branch uh, or to a group of like-minded advisors in your office. Uh, it covers the five biggest mistakes advisor make, advisors make when they're working with, with women clients. Um, talks about what, uh, women, what influences our decisions when we're making an investment decision. And then it drills down into the three areas that actually uh, uh, would allow you to create a female-friendly practice. And I, I was uh, listening to an advisor who watched this presentation um, last year, and he said, "I now understand why um, I've lost a number of my high net worth widowed clients after watching this particular webinar." She means business. So.
0: Wow. And then,
2: yeah. Can I talk about our second program?
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about the the investor facing webinar as well.
2: Yeah. So this is called Financially Savvy and Financially Secure. Uh, It's an interactive webinar for women prospects, age 35 to 65. And this is really an end-to-end webinar offering. It's got all the tools an advisor could need uh, to plan and execute a flawless prospecting webinar. We have an advisor planning guide, invitation template, a workbook for the attendees, feedback process, you name it, we've got it.
0: Wow. That that sounds like a phenomenal in the box content. And and Alice, I I know you've recently presented both of these. Um, Just love to hear some of the feedback that you've you've gotten um, coming out of these presentations.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So last week I presented the She Means Business presentation to um, a dealer and over 110 uh, advisors, which was really exciting. The feedback was phenomenal. And I think that one of the things I heard most from specifically the male attendees was, this has given me a lot of perspective on what I can do next. And that really is what we're trying to accomplish with these these webinars is we're not just trying to educate advisors, but we're trying to give them real actionable next steps on how to make these changes. So that was really fantastic. and, And I had a lot of fun presenting that one. I also presented Financially Savvy, Financially Secure back in March for an international Women's Day event, and it was phenomenal. The advisor was able to bring in a group of female entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals all into one group. None of them knew each other, but they all were having such a blast. And I think it really came down to the advisor made sure that they took the time to get everyone to um, everyone to participate, everyone to ask questions, everyone to voice their concerns. The presentation ended up going over half an hour longer than we had intended it to be. But that's because the audience was so engaged. And I can tell you firsthand, that's very hard to accomplish when it comes to a webinar in a virtual platform. So I, I have to really give all the credit to Anne. She really has designed these webinars to be very engaging, very informative, very well thought out. And because of that, we're having a lot of success with them.
0: It, it, it's such an amazing suite. And it's so impactful for advisors and end and clients as well. And, you know, I've really enjoyed seeing it, um, the evolution of it and, and the statistics and the research that's gone into all of it. Um, and one of the things that always just Gets me is is the um, the focal time studies that always it's just always so interesting to me and for those of you that, that haven't seen this before it's um, you set up you have a meeting essentially and you track the advisors um, eyes and and see wh- who they're focusing on throughout the meetings and sixty percent of the time financial advisors are focusing on the male inv- investor that's sitting across from them uh, in the table and this is if they're they're meeting um, with with a heterosexual couple um, and this is happening for both male and female advisors, which I think, again, for me, it just goes to how can we over how can we use some technology or how can we create a better way in which to have engagement here. So I think you know, one way for me is is video meetings could potentially improve this if done effectively. So you have your clients dialing in from one device, and um, and that then forces your eye to just look at the screen and, and be looking at those individuals um, together. And another way that you potentially could could look about this is because those virtual meetings are less evasive on a client's schedule. So they don't have to get in the car and come down to their office and you can sample in some of the digital or some of the the physical meetings as well, but you could consider hosting individual meetings with each of the individuals within that household as well. So you can improve their engagement, have different lines of questioning. Maybe they don't want to bring something up while the other one is, is sitting there in the room as well. So it's just a strategy that I think of a way that we could look to implement and over uh, overcome some of these situations. But is there anything else, strategies that advisors could look to implement um, when it comes to their client engagement or, or really anything else? Anne, I'll, I'll I'll go back to you.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I I think this is foundational. And that is that recognizing that women think differently about money, and then making a really authentic commitment to recognize your own biases, and then working really hard to overcome that, whether that is the the eye contact or whatever it may be. But it's really about authentically committing to doing, you know, what's right by those clients. Because both she and he need the same kind of um, quality of, of support from you, but it needs to have a different element in it in order that they're both happy. And, and I, I wanna just share um, something that I found kind of interesting and sort of funny um, in terms of summing up the differences between how men and women, uh, our brains are actually designed differently. No surprise probably to our audience there. Um, But our brains function very differently. And there's a very funny and insightful YouTube video uh, by a Mark Gunger, G-U-N-G-E-R. He's a marriage counselor. Every time I watch this, I laugh because it's so true. Uh, So Google Mark Gunger, G-U-N-G-O-R, A Tale of Two Brains. And it will provide you that aha moment as to why we're so different and why we think differently. Uh, And just to get into a little bit of brain science, women have more connections uh, between their right and left hemisphere of their brain that allows us to draw conclusions from disparate sources. And that really is what drives our contextual buying patterns. So when I say we're contextual buyers, uh, we look at how a decision will influence um, other factors. So how might this investment decision affect my partner's situation how might it affect my retirement date how might it affect my ability to help my parents financially or my son's university choices all of those things
1: I I just want to I think that's such a great point and and when it comes to contextual buying and and Brian's comments about the importance of virtual meetings, I actually um, came across a situation a while back where I had done a women in investing seminar and um, a a very high net worth client of an advisor was in attendance um, who he he thought he had a great relationship with. And and he was very excited that she was there. She called him the next day and said, I need to come meet with you one-on-one. And when she walked in, she burst into tears because she was incredibly stressed over paying for her daughter's wedding. Now, take in—they are ultra-high net worth family—but she was losing sleep over it, and and her husband was discouraging her from talking to the advisor because he thought the advisor had too many things on his plate to help her through that. Oh. So when she met with him one-on-one, she was able to discuss her fears what was keeping her up at night he was able to sit down and they created a cash flow plan they went through all the details he loved it he had so much fun going through when when the venue deposit was going to be due and how much the dress was going to cost and so on and so forth he had so much fun going through this with her but he said to me after it really highlighted that you don't really know what's going on in her brain when when there's always three people in the room so having those one-on-one meetings can really help her open up and share what's on her mind.
0: I think that that's a, a great story and, and, and really good advice when it comes to um, you know, better engagement strategy. And um, I've, I've learned a lot just hearing your stories, having the conversations with, with both of you. And, and one of the things that Um, struck me recently in a conversation that that you and I were having Alice was about um, another story that you were sharing but it was about some of your friends Um, now please no names but um, it 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 was about the prep that one of them was doing in advance to their meeting with an advisor Um, and I thought it it's a great story so would you mind sharing that
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I was having a conversation and I was just kind of mentioning that women and money was a was a big focus for us. And and she said, well, I can really see why that's important, because it's something that I've struggled with. And I said, well, tell me a little bit more about that. She said, well, before I go to every meeting, I prepare what I call my smart questions. Now, she's probably one of the smartest people I know. So, huh. any questions she would ask would be smart. But when she, she does this, because when she sits down with the advisor and her partner, she wants to ensure that she can establish dominance and credibility in the conversation um, and get what she needs out of the meeting first. This is, and a big part of this is because her partner comes from the investment industry so if she doesn't do this she feels that the conversation can kind of spiral into a very jargon-based a very idea and exciting they're Mm -hmm. kind of in their own little world so she does this very strategically to ensure that she gets what she needs out of the meeting and I think that advisors need to be aware that some women doing this, and how they can make sure that they don't feel like they have to. And then they also need to be aware that if women aren't taking this initiative, that they are making sure that the meeting is about them just as it is about the husband. Hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I actually just recently saw a study. um, And this was, I believe it was Merrill Lynch. um, And it essentially indicated that she's not unique to this. Um, and it, it pointed to this mindset that um, that women are tending to expect that they need to be proactive in their, uh, their demand to be heard in meetings and preparing more ahead of time. So it, it, it seems that she's not um, the exception to the rule by any means and you know th- that needs to change. Um, and just su- assuming that that's okay, just isn't okay. Um, and I think going back to some of the ideas that we've had around engagement, and th- that it, it, it is about the individual as opposed to the household, uh, maybe that helps alleviate this. And, and I mean, there, there are, we, we could spend a lot more time taking this conversation in different ways and different avenues, um, and it is specific to every advisor in Canada, Women and Wealth is a conversation that we will continue to engage in until that advice gap is closed. And I really hope that over the course of our conversation today, our listeners got a couple of insights from our travels, maybe gained some ideas or insights into the suite of content that the practice management team here has, uh, and maybe found an idea to to implement around a different engagement strategies on how to choose to engage differently. Um, Alice and I really, really appreciate both of you doing this today. Thank you for carving out some time.
1: Of course. Well, thank you, and and I really want to take this opportunity to thank Anne. Anne has just made mm-hmm. such an impact on this industry. She was probably one of the first to come forward with this, with this truly intuitive, thoughtful women in investing platform. She carried the torch in ways that most people could never have implemented in that she made sure it was always top of mind. It was always improving. It was always thoughtful and relatable and applicable. And on top of that, she made some incredible relationships doing it. So, and thank you so much for doing this for the industry, for women, for CI. It's just, I, words cannot even describe how, how much of an impact you've had.
2: Alice, thank you. If you can see me, I'm I'm blushing here. Um, But I do want to say I'm so excited about you carrying it forward because I know you have the same passion for this that that I've had. And uh, I know that I'm leaving things in very good hands. So, So thank you for that. Thank you.
0: Okay. I, I mean, I, I can't add much to that.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so I, I'm going to thank you both again for participating and for all that you do and continue to be advocates of the work that continues to be, to be done uh, to better service all genders in our industry. Um, just as we wrap up a little public service announcement about our podcast, it is now officially on our new channel, Consulting Insights. It's where you can find this podcast and podcasts from the tax retirement and estate planning team that is also known as TREP. Uh, We will continue to combine our team um, into this amazing content that Advisor Consulting delivers. Um, And this is our channel for all things practice management, tax, estates, financial planning, and more. So please subscribe on your platform of choice. Thanks everyone for listening. And please remember to tune in for the next episode when we'll be back discussing more practice management
2: thoughts and insights that you can work into your practice.
1: This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax or investment advice or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment.